guest this week is Twitter Drama Week, and we haven't really covered the Fast.com collapse, and I think there's been a lot of ink spilled over what happened. But uh, one of the interesting angles is Fast and Bolt were not the only two checkout companies, and and in indie hacker circles, uh, Brian Castle and Jordan Gao run the Bootstrapped Web podcast that covers a little bit of that journey, including with Carthook. And it's interesting to see what an industry expert thinks about this whole situation. So here's a clip. Right. So over the last 18 months, I have I have been affected by Fast's ridiculous success and funding. Of course, of course I have. How could you not? When we speak internally, we're kind of like, and when we speak to merchants, our sense is they don't really get merchants. And I don't know how that's going to work out for them if they don't get merchants quite the same way. And then this week, it all, all happened. So there's a story on they're not doing well. They're having trouble fundraising. Then the next day, they're more details. They're burning $10 million a month. And their revenue, 600K last year. So 50K in monthly revenue, $10 million in monthly burn, right? That, I mean, that is operating on acid. That is wild. Uh, yeah, it almost sounds right. like fun. Insane. So much money. <laughs> it's wild. It sucks to say that it was satisfying to see. You know what I mean? It sucks to say that. <laughs> I, if I'm being honest, it's a little satisfying to be like, see, it's all freaking smoke and mirrors. But then if you if you put on your adult hat and you look one level deeper, that's 500 employees because the, the reason they're spending so much money, they have 500 employees. And those people are just going to all lose their jobs. And that that's 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 not fun. And you can't be satisfied about that. And that's I, I still have never really understood understood what how, how does that even happen? And like, what does, how does that literally even work? Like 500 yeah, employees I, working at a startup, how, how is, how are 400 of them not looking for things to do all day? Like, what can you literally task all those people with? <laughs> yeah. you, you can, and I can sympathize with, you know, that's maybe an extreme version of it, but when you are looking at the next funding round and you are assuming that it's going to happen and that it's going to be better than your last funding round, if you start to make those kind of assumptions, you really rationally go toward growth over caution. Growth in people, because, but like- No, but you're, you're rewarded for growth. Yes, you're right. You're rewarded for growth in revenue, but you buy growth through spending money. That's, that's how these companies do it. But this is how a company operates when they have more money in the bank than the revenue says they should have in the bank. Right. You get you get a few million bucks in the bank. And then it says, if you want the bigger, the next level, then just grow. And therefore, it's worth spending money. on. Growth. Maybe this maybe this sounds naive, but like, all right, a, a team of 500 people. Is it. Is it that they literally run out of things to spend money on? So like, like they've already bought all all the advertising and and sponsorships that they could possibly buy. And and like they filled out the team that they would need to run all that stuff and and product team and all that stuff. And then you just multiply those those people, and then it's just redundancies because we have the cash and we have to show that we're spending the cash. Is that no, no, no? I I would give them more credit than that. I would say that if you have the money, you can come up with initiatives to pursue on all fronts: engineering, product design, marketing, partnerships. That you can pursue things in a lot of different areas, when, when you're more limited on money, you dismiss the things that don't seem obvious with ROI because it doesn't make sense for you to pursue. But I can, 
100% go from where we are right now at Rally with 22 employees. You can do it all with 80 people, I think. As a startup, I, I, you know, that like, part is like the extreme that they went to, right? Because that that it is extreme. Yeah. I can definitely, no problem, go from 22 people right now to 50 people at Rally. And we wouldn't even be doing that much different stuff. It's like DevOps wants more, QA wants more, product wants another, another person. We don't have an in-house designer. And, and it's like do- a, it's also, it's like a B2B product, which means like, like they could do like a Super Bowl ad, but would that make sense? Cause they're not, that's a kind of what product. they're doing. They, they sponsored like a car racing thing in Florida. It's like, okay, you know, you can come up with stuff to do. So there's like, you know, there's a, a race car with the fast logo on it. And when I went to shop talk, they spent easy 200K, you know, one of those big uh, exhibit things. Cause that's, that's what that conference is like. That's what people are spending. And then of course you send eight or 10 people to the, to the show. So you, you, you drop in two, 300K on one conference, multiply that by two or three, a quarter. It's like, it's easy to spend money. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let, let's say that. So, so that happened this, this week. And, th- and then today the story came out that, all right, they're looking for a buyer because no one wants to invest in their Series C. And $125 million is a lot of money, but if you're burning 10 million a month, that's actually not that much time. So at the, at the same time, Bolt, our other competitor, has raised $900 million. <laughs> it's even more. Now, they have a more substantial business. My understanding is that you know they're in the tens of millions of ARR. But then their CEO came out you know, and just did a bang up job on Twitter, killer threads, controversy, flew past 100,000 followers, you know, from effectively nothing. The guy killed it. Young kid absolutely killed the Twitter game and was so much more legit than Fassie, like overtook that whole thing. So here I'm watching that again, like, hmm, <laughs> okay, another checkout product that's coming on the scene. Like, am, am I supposed to be doing this? Should I be trying to get this type of attention? Like, what, what is this? With the, with the Twitter following thing, I, like, you know, if you just have this like rocket ship Twitter following if, based on, based on your crazy threads that you're doing, do you think that their mar- your, your market, like the customer, potential customers, e-commerce merchants are the bulk of that following? Or is it like other like startup people and like, you know, no, but it, but it definitely has an impact in terms of awareness, right? The, the reason he didn't, I don't know what the, what the reasons he did. He, those are his reasons, but that coincided with their company raising money at a billion dollar valuation and then 12 months later 11 billion dollar valuation so in the span of one year the company went from a billion to 11 billion dollars in valuation so that is if you do that and you get the attention from twitter then you start to be known and then that trickles down to merchants and it trickles into agencies and it does make a difference in the business too it's it's not just vanity it makes a difference I only caught some of these headlines this week. I didn't really get into the details, but like, what do you think it is with fast? Like why, like, why was it such a surprise? Not why was it a surprise, but what, why do you think they, they haven't grown? <laughs> like, what, what do you think it is? Okay. Like put on my e-commerce hat. Um, yeah. Just like, like lack of uh, execution or like, like just do, doing it in the wrong ways. It's, like it's, it's wrong product. I would identify two things and I, I'm not going to get all the way into my full analysis of it that I kind of give an investor. Cause that, I don't know if that's rude or inappropriate or whatever else. So two things, one payments is relatively easy on the internet. You can accept credit cards, right? The infrastructure is there. 
they did build some good tech around the ability to recognize people. They did take a, an innovative approach on the way you purchase. It's not like click on it, review, confirm, hit another click, and then you bought. Their button is when you click it, you just bought it. Like that's it. So you go to a thank you page and then you can reverse that decision. So they also took a relatively unique approach to it. But that same, the other side of that unique approach speaks to the issue around e-commerce merchants. That's a great way to buy as quickly as possible. That's not necessarily the best way to buy a physical product with shipping and taxes and fulfillment and the normal path of conversion and the ability to review before you buy and like the way people are used to buying. And then there's all these downstream impacts that we learned at Carthook through pain. And if you just raised money, built a product and went go, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know about the pain of the downstream impacts. After someone purchases, again, that's the easy part. Did it go into their inventory properly? Does it flow all the way through to their order management system in the right way? Did the email get added to the email list properly? Is the conversion tracking appropriate? It's like, it's a whole- Or of those people are customer support. <laughs> right. So it, it is a, a universe of that. And then the second issue is, is one of business model. And the way Fast works is it has a partnership with Stripe that funded it. And when you join Fast, you have no choice, not only to use Stripe, but you're using Fast's Stripe account, not your own Stripe account. And that's how they're able to give it effectively for free because they're making money on the processing with Stripe. And not every merchant likes that. A lot of merchants want to bring in their existing relationships because maybe PayPal can get away with the fact that you use their processing and they hold onto your money for a week and then give it to you. But Fast isn't PayPal. So they had these, these fundamental issues around the product. And the last thing is when you add a checkout button, that's not a full checkout, only a small portion of the revenue of the store goes through that button. So if you, if you notice in the articles, they have 700 merchants. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad. But because such a small percentage of revenue goes through the actual fast button, they didn't. You mean they, like, like they use fast for some parts of their store, but not everything. That's right. A shopper that wants to use, I don't know the regular checkout flow or PayPal or a firm or Apple pay, they're not touching fast. So that might've, that might've dissatisfied their assumptions in, in the model based on how much revenue they would get per merchant. So, you know, I think all this stuff, it puts us, let's, let's categorize us as the not behemoths, right? 99.9% of people listening to this don't have the one or two recognizable VC-backed hotshot magazine cover you know, companies in their space. And how to deal with that emotionally and strategically is, this, is, a, is a big challenge. It's probably underlies a lot of the things that, that we talk about regularly. Yeah. Overall, nothing too surprising in hindsight is 2020, but I do enjoy the Bootstrap Web podcast because it's just a weekly check-in with two friends who are building their businesses and you can get to see their thoughts as they evolve live. So I recommend it, checking it out.